1991 was a vastly different time in the world. The Hubble Space Telescope was finally launched, allowing us to see other worlds, solar systems, and galaxies. The Cold War ended between the U.S. and Russia, and the USSR was dissolved, ending years and years of conflict. The first free elections in Taiwan were held after finally establishing a government. This was also the beginning of the reign of the Chicago Bulls dynasty, as we saw Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the rest of the team finally win their first championship. Madonna, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey dominated the charts. Terminator 2 was the best-selling movie of that year, followed by Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and then City Slickers. John Grisham's The Firm was the best-selling fiction book of that year as well. The most popular TV shows were 60 Minutes and Roseanne. This was also the real beginning of what made Sega a household name around the world. In their efforts to compete with Nintendo, they needed a mascot to rival one famous Italian plumber with a penchant for smashing Goombas and yelling, Here we go! With Nintendo being kid-friendly, having offerings for all ages, Sega elected to go for gritty, edgy, and cool. Their mascot needed to be an embodiment of what that mantra was. The world was first introduced to an impeccably fast blue hedgehog that sped through levels and worlds in seconds. The world was introduced to Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog has been a mainstay in gaming and culture since 1991. Although the media developed from Sonic hasn't always been as welcomed or well-received as its Nintendo counterpart. Throughout the years, we have seen Sonic's popularity and reception ebb and flow, but there has always been something about him that has kept him around all of these years. There has been a recent upswing with Sonic as of recently, with games like Sonic Generations and Sonic Mania being well-received by critics and consumers alike. This has all led to another attempt at a revival. This has all led to Sonic the Hedgehog, the 2020 film. Whew. That was a long intro, and I apologize, guys. But before I talk your ears off any further, let's get into some really quick intros. We have the one, the only, the cat's extraordinaire himself, Mr. Rich Meister. It's uh, great to be here to talk about my hero, Sanic. Sanic and the Jellicle Cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, Sanic is a Jellicle Cat. A lot of people don't know that. Ooh, but canonically wow. speaking, he is one. He is indeed. Rich, after our super fun Cats episode uh, that we did together, I'm really excited to do this episode with you. Do you think Sonic's going to get a butthole cut? Um, I think they're going to accidentally edit it wrong and his whole face will be a butthole. I cannot wait for that DVD extra. Um, it's one I'm waiting for with baited breath. Or baited butthole. But anyways, um, it's going to be a treat. But Rich and I are joined this time by the triple A martyr himself, Morgan Barnes. 
Hey, hey, hey! General Mountain Time here. Happy to be here, Shay. Um, guess what? I, uh, I'll tell you this. I know Wiz Khalifa wrote the song for the film, Speed Me Up, and he's been associated with uh, being a stoner, and quite frankly, a lot of my best memories of playing Sonic again, I was stoned out of my mind as a young adult, so... Uh, and that was today? Be, I, I get what they're doing. I get to do it four hours ago, yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, have a lot of strong thoughts on this film. Excited to be here. Cool. Um, Happy to have you here, man. Sadly, I missed the cat show because I don't even get that butthole joke went right over my head. Woo! It's okay. But you've been super eager to do this episode, <laughs> so I'm really excited to hear your opinions on this one. I think we're going to be allies in this particular discussion. But we'll when see. I said uh, butthole went over my head, I saw Josh lean over to his mic like he wanted to say something, but then pulled back. Well, it was already there when you're trying to just work your way through uh, that kid's legs in gym class to get There's, to your oh, locker. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no reason to tie someone's shoelaces together <laughs> if they're already tripping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. Figured I'd just leave it. You know what's weird, Josh? I can smell the popcorn you're eating, even though I uh, think you're having here. a stroke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so too. And last, we have the nail specialist here at Sword Chomp, Mr. Joshua Fowler. Hello, everyone. Yeah, with how fun the Ori episodes were, dude. I've been excited to step back into this beautiful cyber studio here to discuss. This game, or this, this game, this movie with you. I, I see, I see you don't share that enthusiasm. No, no, I am. I'm just the idea of a cyber studio. It sounds like something the olds would be afraid of. It sounds like something you'd make porn in. Yeah. Oh, or it's a uh, Doom porn studio, one or the other. Mm. Who knows? But Cyber Demon Studio. Exactly. All right. So, before we just jump into this thing, as I always like to do and warn, there will be spoilers. If you care about spoilers, if you do not want the entire plot of the movie spoiled for you, wait until you've seen the movie, or just go watch it on YouTube right now, like I did, and come back to this episode. Okay? Cool. Yeah. And if you're that worried, I can put your mind at ease right now. It's... There's no plot. You can't be spoiled. Don't worry. The things How dare that you, you? How you, dare you? The things that you think are going to happen are the things that happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get started. Let's get started. <laughs> gonna I'm just going to ignore all that. spoil it, though. I'm just going to ignore that. Right. Just say, let's get started. All right. So a little bit more history before we jump into the plot. I apologize. The movie began development in the 1990s but it was not able to get off the ground as it didn't leave the planning stage. After wallowing in limbo for years, Sony acquired the rights in 2013 and began to push the development a little bit further. They worked on the film for a few years before deciding against continuing any further with the project. After sitting dormant for another year, Paramount Pictures snagged the rights in 2017 and thus marked its final home. Casting was finalized in 2018, and filming began. After the negative reaction to the look of the character Sonic in 2019 when they revealed the trailer, the film was delayed, and the special effects were overhauled in an unprecedented move. This cost Paramount Pictures millions of dollars, but the result was making fans happy and enticing them to come see the movie. 
So I want you guys to suspend what you already know about the movie now. You've already have having seen it and you already have your opinions on it. But at this point, when Paramount overhauled the visuals, did it make you want to see the movie more or did your excitement level pretty much stay the same? And I'm actually going to go ahead and throw it first to you, Josh. Um, I mean, specifically your question, my excitement level stayed the same. Um, <laughs> zero, but zero. But the new art style looked so, like, it's incomparably better. It was, yeah. Like, the first one was just nightmare fuel type, yes. type visuals. And it's yeah. Sonic is actually kind of charming in the in in the new the new vision. So yeah, that was that right. was huge a huge turnaround. Imagine that initial look that they had for him, and like the opening scenes are of him as a child. That child's scary version of Sonic would have been haunting for decades. I don't even want to think about that, like because we only saw the old. <laughs> You know the like the the grown version of that Sonic, but a kid looking yeah. version of that, terrifying. Yeah, for sure. There definitely would be zero possibility of a second film if they didn't fix that. I'm glad they did. What about you, Thank Morgan? God. What did you What did you think? Uh, before I saw the movie, I would my my main takeaway seeing the original Sonic design was. If they are this far off base with this Sonic design, then there's no way in hell that this movie could be any good because they just don't get it. I mean, it's one of the most iconic designs uh, ever for, like, a character of any kind. Um, and if they're going to botch that, then they obviously don't know what they're doing, so this movie has to be bad. That was my, my original thought. Right. So when they overhauled it, did that make you want to see the movie more? It It made me... I thought the movie would definitely be more pleasant to look at because the, that's how Sonic should look. He's adorable. He, he, like I said, he's iconic. But I still wasn't sold on the fact that the movie was going to be good. I had decided I was going to see it, though, after the redesign because I wanted to take my kid. And regardless of whether it was good or not, I knew that she loved Sonic and she would have a good time. Right, right. And that's fair. That's fair. I think a lot of fans are going to probably feel the same way that you did. What about you, Rich? Uh, so I think initially when we, we first got that first trailer and I said, whoa, look at Sonic's muscular legs. Um, (laughs) I was right there. I was like, well, okay. There's no reason at all to even pay this any mind. Um, and then when we got the new look at the overhauled Sonic, it was enough to make me go, okay, I think I'm going to actually go fucking see this. Like excitement level is a hard thing to gauge because I, whether I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, I wasn't going to care one way or the other, but the change in design was enough to make me go, all right, they're, they're trying. I'm going to go see this thing. That's awesome. And I think that's where I was at rich is the fact that, you know, when I heard Sonic movie, I was like, Oh no. And then I heard Jim Carrey was being cast as Dr. Robotnik. And I was like, I love Jim Carrey. Let's let's be honest. He's one also, of my favorite actors. So this is peak Jim Carrey right here. Like let's right, just say right. like, it feels like '90s Jim Carrey. Is yeah, what I, exactly. What I mean when we're, I say that, like, we're def- there's we're definitely talking about that later for sure, hundred percent, because that's such a, an important part of the movie. 
but I was just confused. I was like, this just doesn't sound good. And then you, I saw the design and I was like, this movie's going to fucking flop. Um, it's th- this movie's going to flop and just be terrible. And don't you like his teeth? <laughs> I don't think anybody did. And then I saw the redesign and I was like, you know what? All of us complained that it looked terrible and they listened and whether or not you owe them any loyalty or anything like that is irrelevant to me. It was like, okay, cool. They listened after I complained about it publicly. Do, am I required to see it? No, but do I want to, because they listened? Yeah, I do. I want to see it. And I feel bad that I was, was not able to actually go to the movie theater and, and watch it because it didn't come to Japan in enough time to avoid the coronavirus. So I, I unfortunately went to YouTube and watched it because there's a full video of it on YouTube. But um, yeah, I, I guess they didn't really need my money because it was a commercial success. But yeah, yeah, I, there you go. Yeah, I, I'm thankful that it was. Um, and we'll, one, we'll step um, a little bit one more. One important t- anecdote that I oh good. I was just gonna say one important anecdote that I thought was I wrote down was that uh, when we did a poll on Sword Chomp many many moons ago. Uh, to gauge the uh, goodwill, and this is what I call like a goodwill sort of inertia event. Um, our audience was like overwhelmingly positive about wanting to give the movie a shot because the studio listened to all the complaints. And it was like 60 or 70 percent saying, yeah, I'm going to go see this movie now because they fixed that terrible design and that meant a lot to them. And I remember thinking, OK, well, that's great to answer in a poll. But like now that I've seen these numbers, I'm like, yeah, people kind of did. They, they kind of voted with their their yeah. money. And that's kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's cool to see like some of our chompers um had gone out and seen it and they had posted pictures with like their family or their children or themselves going to see it and i i like that a lot i think that's really cool and i respect that it's cool that people followed through saying like if they redesign then we will go see it so cool on all ends all two of them all right let's let's keep going (laughs) um we saw sonic premiere on the big screen in january 2020 the world was reintroduced to the extraterrestrial blue hedgehog who could run lightning fast. The beginning of the movie sees a kid Sonic running through his world and flexing his legs. He is followed back to his home with his guardian, Longclaw the Owl, and they are attacked. Longclaw gives Sonic a bag of rings that allow him to transport to other worlds, and she sends him through a ring to escape sacrificing herself in the process. Next, we see Sonic years later enjoying a life of secrecy in Green Hills, Montana. He has a secret hideout with all of his favorite comics and toys, but he wishes to have friends and no longer live hidden. He spends some of his free time in the shadows as he witnesses the inhabitants of Green Hills living their lives. The inhabitants he spends the most time observing is the one he calls Donut Lord, Sheriff Tom Wachowski, and the Pretzel Lord, Maddie, Tom's veterinarian wife. Sheriff Tom is planning a move to San Francisco as he wants to live somewhere where he can make a difference being a cop, as he feels underutilized in Green Hills. Now, before I ask you guys a question, I have to admit to you, uh, this is... Full full disclosure, when they said 
it was taking place in Green Hills, Montana. I was like, Green Hills? I've never heard of that city in Montana. I mean, I've lived in Montana my whole life. I've never even heard of this city. It took me a good five seconds to realize, oh, that's reference to Green Hill Zone. That's not an actual place. <laughs> it's a sonic level, Shay. I know. I know. You know, on that true story, my daughter, because we live in Montana, was super jazzed about that. She was like, <gasps> what? Green Hills, Montana? I was like, I know. How great. And yeah, I, I guess I was too. Yeah. Sad, really. <laughs> Just realized he was excited about that. <laughs> that Montana was in a movie. Really I, when I saw the film, I also... Uh, said out loud that's not a real place but I was referring to Montana (laughs) (laughs) you bastards that's good in this small sequence of events that get the backdrop of the life Sonic has lived post Longclaw we, we witness this and he has grown into an adult hedgehog who wants more than a life of secrecy did the intro of the movie draw you into the story make you more interested Morgan. And I mean, I liked that they showed his world and it was like all computer animated. And I thought that was an important way to start the movie, but I thought it was kind of like, it just felt rushed. Like it lasted all of what felt like a minute and a half. There was a, a giant realistic, um, owl character, which you discussed. And that looked very strange considering Sonic and all those echidna characters looked like they were supposed to, I, you know, I joked with you guys before that I got the sense that, the, that the owl didn't get a redesign and it was it was one of those original weird you know hyper realistic abominations um but i mean it, it was it got the job done I, I didn't feel one way or the other like positive about it but it was you know a peppy colorful cheerful way to start the the movie so yeah yeah rich did you feel similarly uh, I just remember feeling like sort of whiplashed by it and like talking about it afterwards, uh, with a friend, I was basically saying like, and that first like three minutes is as weird as the movie gets. Yeah. And I, I feel like it all, it goes back to grounding itself. And, and I think I agree with Morgan in the fact that I, I don't think the, I think the owl's design was just locked in and they f- saw no reason to redesign it <laughs> because it's there for all of a minute. Yeah. Uh, it should have been big. The cat is what I'm saying. <laughs> the jellical cats. Sonic go save froggy. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, of course you would mention cats. Uh, yes, I guess. Well, Jellicle yeah, cats. Because a Jellicle cat is a Jellicle cat. Josh, how did you feel about the <laughs> intro of the movie? The intro was promising and then immediately dropped and has no impact on anything else ever again. Um, yep. Which, yeah, I kept, I kept waiting. Like, because it was, like, this huge, you know, this is... Like, they wanted lore. Like, they were starting to do lore. Yeah, like, the whole point is that, Sonic, you have to go into hiding because someone's searching for you. They want your power. And so he does, and then no one ever looks for him or finds him. So, I... What was that owl smoking? Like... And I want so, some. That's a good breakdown. So the echidnas were after him. So I got the impression that there was some sort of like leader echidna that oh, wanted. Oh, it's not echidna. It's echidnas. 
No, Are we no, still going to no. try this? <laughs> no, come Josh, on. Josh, why'd you laugh? You ruined it. God damn it. <laughs> we weren't getting that one over on him. Yeah, no, he he's played have. too many Sonic yeah, games. The echidna was one of my favorite animals as a child, so... Is it because yeah. it has one hole that it poops? And, uh, <laughs> a cloaca. He's a, he's a big fan it. of the cloaca. You figured me out. <laughs> Love a good cloaca. Thank you, Rich, for making it creepy. I <laughs> <laughs> now you know what it's like to be, do a podcast with you every week. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. <laughs> Your tears will fall into um, a cloaca, an unsuspecting what are we cloaca. Saying echidna, cloaca. Yes, so he's running from all those echid- weird echidna things, and don't. Um, and then, yeah, it's never really brought up ever again. So it's like, okay, all right. Yeah, well, you gotta I save feel, something for the sequel. I yeah. feel so- very similarly to you guys because he's like he's running. Well, but um, he's do- <sighs> going through the loops of his world, and then suddenly he's home. And then Long Claw's like, "Hey, what, what the hell are you doing? You can't be doing that!" And then all of a sudden they're getting attacked. And then suddenly, like, I'm supposed to feel sad that she just sacrificed her life because to save Sonic. And then exactly what Josh says, nothing comes of it. And it felt like well, a, you had thirty if, seconds to get to know the character. Did you not feel right, <laughs> like sad about that? Yeah, you didn't feel bad for the owl you knew for six seconds. No, weird. and it's weird because like with Josh and I having talked about Ori and how the Blind Force makes you care about characters and Will of the Wisp, same thing. Within the first five to ten minutes of their intro movie that you watch, it like it's interesting to hold a movie to the standard of a video game that does that better. It's really interesting to think about that, but I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think they just, I think it was a vessel for them to explain why Sonic cares about his rings and the origin of getting them. And, um, yeah, exactly what Rich said, lore. Other than that, it didn't feel that important at all. And it, it and it's within the first few minutes, or he starts the fracture, fracturization, um, of the plot. So, but it's possible that they just—it's not important. They just wanted a stupid reason to get Sonic into the real world to do dumb shit with real people and real. And turtles. again, I—I I think it is um, almost like a, a side effect of modern movie creation. Is like you need to leave those threads because we don't want to do anything with them right now. But if yeah. this does well, yeah. we're gonna make three more of these, so we better have some material we can pull from. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. I mean, like the thing is. I am compelled enough that if they start exploring that material and they do it well, I'll be excited oh, I'm up for, for it. it. But yeah, that just the way they introduced it fell pretty flat. I think. Okay. All right, well, let's move on. One night, Sonic is frustrated by his need for secrecy, and after playing a baseball game with himself, he runs so fast that he releases an electromagnetic pulse that knocks out power across the Pacific Northwest. The U.S. government is cued in and considers the level of a possible threat. With no clear answer, they call in Dr. Robotnik, a cybernetics and technological genius to investigate the source of the EMP. Robotnik finds his way to Green Hills and starts uncovering clues. Namely, one of Sonic's quills. Tom discovers Sonic hiding in his shed and shoots him with a tranquilizer gun, 
which causes Sonic to accidentally send his rings to San Francisco during a failed escaped attempt. After Sonic wakes, he enlists Tom to help him escape the nefarious Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik tracks Sonic to Tom's house. Okay. And after some banter and a tussle, Tom and Sonic escape, fleeing Green Hills to retrieve Sonic's rings. While watching the movie, I found myself consistently in stitches with Jim Carrey's portrayal of Dr. Robotnik. I think that his comedic shtick worked perfectly for this character. What did you think of his performance as the famed antagonist of Sonic, Rich? Uh, I think I'm kind of right there with you on it. I, I touched on this earlier. I think it's like classic 90s Jim Carrey. Like, it feels like the tone of this would have fit in perfectly with, like, fucking Ace Ventura or The Mask or any of that. And yes. It, it feels like nostalgic in a way. Yeah. It, it feels nostalgic in a way that plays even more into the idea of like existing nostalgia for Sonic the Hedgehog um, yeah. and nostalgic for like that 90s era of Jim Carrey comedy. So I think the two complement each other really well. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, like it does, it does, the way the writers wrote the movie, it feels, for the most part, it feels pretty modern while also offering those waves of nostalgia and having Jim Carrey in that role, I think was one of those um, choices that blended modern with nostalgia very well. And again, someone to play a mustache twirling villain like Jim Carrey is the, the perfect guy for right, that. I think so too. Josh, I imagine you probably have a different opinion, but we'll see. I don't recall laughing once in this movie because <laughs> it was, it, they were all jokes from the nineties as well. Um, <laughs> not once. No, it just it. Well, how much weed did you smoke before you went? Because that's really a vital. None. I, we we, are, we were already talking about this. Like, well, there's your mistake. Media. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It was. Uh, <laughs> like, and I don't even agree with the whole. I mean, yes, it was that same style of overly self-confident but kind of an asshole Jim Carrey the the thing that I think didn't work as much I mean is because they were, they were trying to have him be this super genius in this one and I just don't feel like it worked with that personality as much because I think that's funny when it's obviously a fucking moron to see someone that confident that sure of themselves who gets everything wrong all the time and but then to a degree he's competent so it doesn't really yeah and that's what, is kinda, what you're saying yeah because like he's competent but then he just gets foiled by sonic and uh and so it makes the personality just not work as much for me in that kind of what you know wasn't that robotnik basically thing, all the other iterations robotnik of was like competent but only foiled by sonic i thought that was like sort of a robotnik's thing not saying it's right or wrong i'm just saying I thought his thing was he put uh, animals that was in his robots. other thing. Thing B. Flickies. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not a Robotnik thing. I'm just saying that that yeah, yeah, yeah. trope, the whole Jim Carrey, you know, shtick for a lot of those movies was he wasn't really all that bright of a character in a lot of those movies. Just confident. 
just very confident. Yes. That's interesting because, like, I took it a little bit differently, and I'm going to get to you here in a sec, Morgan. I apologize. Is that, like, there's a particular sequence of events where he's talking to Tom, and he's like, like, there's only one time somebody's ever, you know, punched me and beaten me. And, like, he goes in and, and starts explaining how he exacted his revenge. And to me, the whole time I'm thinking, like, because of, like, the type of roles Jim Carrey has played and knowing what I know about Dr. Robotnik and kind of the the lack of brilliance and um, competence that it made me feel like this is probably someone who is, like, super wimpy that got the best of Dr. Robotnik and... Like, he's building it up to this grandiose state just to make himself look better and to bolster his confidence. But in actuality, like, if you were to see that person on the street, you'd be like, that person beat you up, Dr. Robotnik. And I think that's yeah, brought to was... life by his perform by Jim Carrey's performance. Okay. I, I think that, because uh, I know you're probably going to swing it this yep. way. Go um, for it. I, I think that... Like, I'm kind of with Josh. Like, I didn't necessarily laugh at the Jim Carrey stuff. Uh, there were some couple, couple moments in the movie, like, at the beginning. I know you went, we went right by this, which is fine. That's what we're here for, to kind of just mention things that stuck out to us. But, like, I thought the turtle scene was pretty cute. I remember kind of giggling in the theater when I saw that with my daughter. Because uh, he just picks up that turtle and basically makes its day by running around with it. Um, stuff like that, that, like, I like the little quill touch, too, by the way. Like, the glowing quill, I thought was a cool little, like, pseudo-scientific touch. <laughs> um, like, study this glowing magical... But, yeah, I mean, I, I think you needed... So you had a really good performance from, um, Ben Schwartz, and then you needed sort of the balance that out with the career. I thought the Jim Carrey performance worked well for what it was. I, I often wonder... If it was kind of an accident, like was it intentional to go for that 90s Jim Carrey or is it because they couldn't afford anyone else and Jim Carrey's at the tail end of his career? It doesn't matter. It worked out for the best, but but um, I, it's hard for me to give them the benefit of the doubt with that stuff because of how off base they were with like, you know, the sonic design and stuff. But if that was the intention all along was to just rekindle that 90s Jim Carrey, then I think, yeah, I think they did a really good job. When I was a kid, I, I loved a lot of terrible movies like Ace Ventura and The Mask. Those um, are not terrible movies. I I love those movies. I'm pretty sure if I watched them now, I would think that they were terrible. But as a kid, to be fair, I love them deeply. Um, I was The Mask one year for Halloween, man. Like, I was all about that shit, so. Smokey! Somebody stop I'm him. telling you, man, The Mask holds up, kind of. <laughs> I just watched it the other night. It kind of holds Diaz. up. Oh my god, Cam... Cameron Diaz in that movie. Good lord. I don't agree with you about the Jim Carrey bit about it being the only person they could afford because he's on the tail end of his career. He actually just had a really good uh, TV show that was premiering on Showtime the past few years that uh, critically did very well. And I'm, I don't think he's on the tail end of his career at all. And I don't think that also to add money to has that, anything Sherry, to do with it. Um, I think he's at a point in his career where he could probably be choosy about what roles he accepts. Right, right. What are you basing that off of? I don't think Jim Carrey is really... What are you basing your claims off of? worked in cinema for 30 years and having enough money to just tell anybody to fuck off. Right. Yeah. It's not like... no one's asking him to be in the movies that 
people really care about. And you're a casting director? You know who... You think that Jim Carrey is a sought-after person right now in 2020 for a film? Let me let me ask you this. He doesn't need to be in anything he doesn't want to be. What was be the in? last great film that Jim Carrey No, was no, no, no. Let's not Sonic let's not go down this road. Let, let me <laughs> let me ask you this. Let's not go ask you this. Let's ask you this, Morgan. Who would you have rather cast as Dr. Robotnik? <sighs> Honestly, Danny DeVito. Actually. I don't Yeah, yeah kind of a little bit, right? Actually. I it's that's not me even saying that he didn't do a good job as Dr. Robotnik. I, I sometimes I, it's kind of like when people thought Robert Downey Jr. was kind of no 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 no. You're going tangential. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dude, I'm, I'm cutting. Talk. I'm, I'm cutting. No 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 no. no. You're you're talk. not even answering my question. Um, Who would you have rather cast as Dr. Robotnik? That's what I'm getting to. It's it's not about what I would rather cast. I'm just saying that I don't feel like he is. But a that's the question. Actor. But you're ignoring my question. I'm genuinely curious, and you, I'm not trying to make a point. I'm genuinely curious. Who would you have rather cast as him? See, I'd have to take some time to sit around and think about who I think would be a good fit for that sort of character. But I, I do think that he did a good job as Doctor Robotnik, like I was saying. Okay, okay, that's fair. I mean, you actually have a Rolodex here. Oh, you know what? I was thinking about who would be a better Doctor Robotnik. Let me. Well, clear. Pull out that well, list. I was just curious. You've clearly thought about Jim Carrey's declining career and how he has to just take any root movie role that's thrown well, at him. So I figured you thought about another character shit, for him. <clears throat> When that shit came out with his uh, his girlfriend committing suicide, and it was kind of making him look really scummy in the media, I was kind of looking into his um, his career, and I was like, what really happened to Jim Carrey? Because he was kind of gone, and I started to kind of just grow like a real disdain for him as like a, a person after that whole thing, being really gross. And then I was looking into his career, and I was like, man, he hasn't really done anything in a long time. And he did that really, didn't he do that horrible Penguin movie? I think he, uh, I don't know, he just, I feel like, I stand by that. I think he's at the tail end of his career, but I, I feel like this was a happy, a happy accident, and I, I think he did a great job. But that that's when I remember really looking down when all that horrible stuff happened with his uh, girlfriend that committed suicide. You know, want the truth. So. Okay. Okay, I don't. I don't know what any of that has to. I mean, like, I understand what you're saying. I know. I know the specific story you're referencing. I just don't know what that has to do with the movie. I guess. I just explained it. So I was just saying that that's why I was looking. I was like, man, I haven't really thought about Jim Carrey in a while, you know? Um, okay. And that's why I was kind of digging into it. So I'm actually okay. looking at his Rotten Tomato thing right now to see. I wonder what, like, the last okay. decent movie he well, made was. Okay. Well, anyways, moving on, Rich, I'm glad you agree. I, I really enjoyed his performance. I thought it was one of the higher points in the movie. And I, I really enjoyed his casting in it. And, um, Morgan and Josh, you guys can uh, piss off. Anyways, um, moving on. I didn't. You didn't even listen. I literally said that I thought he did a good I'm job. I'm kidding. I just said that I Jesus laugh. Christ, dude. By the way, I'm kidding. For the record, uh, I'm still upset about this Cameron Diaz thing. For the record, his last films were <laughs> Dark Crimes, um, Dumb and Dumber Two, Kick Ass Two, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, Mister Popper's Penguins. All just abominations on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and that goes back all the way to two th- 2011. So yeah, he's at the tail end of his career, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have potential to turn out a great performance. I mean, okay, fair That's enough. Fair. That's fair. I understand your opinion now. Okay, all right. Let's go ahead and move on. 
I liked it, Shay. I liked it. God damn it. Why are you trying Let's to keep trucking along? <laughs> Tom and Sonic are on the road, avoiding Robotnik and staying off of the beaten path. We see them stop at a hotel for the night, and Sonic witnesses a night of debauchery happening at a local bar in the middle of nowhere. He decides to go in, and his antics lead to a bar fight. Sonic activates his speed, and he moves through the fight while the rest of the fighters operate at their normal speed, which seems super slowed motion for Sonic. They escape and flee the scene. Over more scenes, we see Tom's and Sonic's bond deepening. Tom learns that one of Sonic's biggest desires is to have a real friend. So considering the development of the movie, the scene feels like it was actually written in the 1990s and was a holdover all the way until the final development. At what level do you guys think that they kept the script largely the same from what was developed at its initial stages? Josh. Um, I think this thing is a Frankenstein's monster of a script at this point because yeah. there's no through line, like just nothing about it. Like we'll, we'll get to it at the end, but like the message at the end is not something you see coming at any point before that. Eat at Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, that that you can see coming from a little ways little ways out but uh yeah like basically every scene is and then as a transition um, and then <laughs> oh do you wear that car that's a really good point yeah. <laughs> the best 90s movie so like yeah i i i i have no idea I mean, it could be the original script for all we know but it's I feel like this thing has gone through so many hands at this point that, yeah, try, trying to find the original through line anymore is just, I don't think any of it's there, any of it's left, so. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you largely. Um, Morgan, do, do you feel similarly to the way Josh feels? I, it's it's hard to say. I really enjoyed the second half of the bar scene. Um, I, I thought it was comical at the beginning where they, they see this blue hedgehog there, and they're just like, "Hey, I forget the excuse he gives for why it was um, some rare disease or something." Yeah, yeah, it's like the most silly disease, and they're like, yeah. "Okay, sure." The movie's like not going to take it seriously, then you know, yeah. we're not going to either. Um, but I like the second half. I thought it was cool doing the slow motion scene because it showed like Sonic getting into trouble, but doing it in a way that was very Sonicy um, by going so fast that he slowed down time and. I felt bad for my daughter because she was in the bathroom during that part and she missed mm. it. Um, and I was like, damn it. I was like, man, this movie might have some, some cute ideas here. But uh, yeah, I, I like the second half of the bar scene with that slow motion thing. I thought that was cute. Yeah, it was interesting. Rich, um, how did you feel about like whether the script was kept largely the same or not throughout the movie? Uh, I think I mirrored Josh's sentiments to a point where it's like, it's hard to say if it was kept the same, but this thing's been in development hell so long that I feel like a lot of shit got cobbled together and almost to a point, it seems like the things that probably remain largely consistent for most of it were here's point A, here's point B. I don't really give a shit how we get from point A to point B. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much what it boils down to because like Just get there fast. That's like, <laughs> right. Like I, I, I feel like that kind of fits with like the theme of the games is like, there's all these things that you can stop and see, but like the movie, like the games kind of speeds past them. But the difference there would be that the movie has a central theme rescue the flickies. Uh, yeah, and the, the the movie is different from the game in that it feels like there are multiple through lines being drawn, and then you have to figure out which one is the right one by the end of the movie. Because you're like, okay, well, at the beginning, okay, so some people are going to be coming for Sonic's rings. Sonic has to escape them and find a place where he can be safe. Okay, well, that's where you think it's going to go. And then it starts to go into a place where, okay, Sonic is looking for a real friend and some normalcy. Okay, well, now we've made it there. And, like, yeah, they have these different points, and it's like you have to fig- you have to guess which one is going to be the one at the end. And it just, yeah, it feels very, very just jumbled and thrown together. And I think this scene, for me, I was like, man, I cannot imagine... Um like 30 mo- motorcycle gang members or whoever these people are supposed to be, these renegades, these outlaws, just hanging out in the fucking middle of nowhere in some podunk town, and they're listening to metal music, and they just start beating the shit out of each other. I was like, this is a yeah. 90s Didn't bar. Didn't that so. restaurant look a little too nice to be a biker bar as well? Yeah, it, it did. It looked like they it were in an, an Applebee's. Garden. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It looked like they were in an Olive Garden where you can get unlimited yeah. soup, salad, and breadsticks. Olive Garden, when you're here, you're family. This week's episode of Sword Chomp is brought to you by Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> My wish. Right? But no, Josh is right. It just, yeah, it just, it felt very, very an interesting choice to keep in the script. But um, I, there are some of those moments where it felt like a throwback to like a 90s See, movie. I some. In like the night, I don't know. It's just being in Montana. I don't know. I didn't feel like it was that weird to just see a bar with a bunch of people. I I didn't think that part was weird because I mean, if I'm going to accept that having a blue hedgehog in there isn't that weird, then it's hard for me to split hairs about some of the other stuff. So. Split quills. Place was too clean to be a New York bar. <laughs> I heard it was kind of a throwback to an, another film, like the bar scene, almost identically. It was very cliche in kind of a funny way. Like they literally did. Didn't you do like a bull ride and a dart throw and <laughs> like yes. every sort of you know. But, yeah, he um, did, he developed that bucket list inside of the bar, or inside of the bar, and yeah. um, during the hotel scene. The thing that gave me a lot of anxiety was I think he had a, he bought a bunch of food at this restaurant and then he put it on his car, and then I think he drove his car off and all the food went flying. Do you remember that? I forgot about that. I completely forgot. <laughs> it was like the weirdest thing. Yeah, because huh. he, he got distracted because you know he had to go in the bar and uh, and get Sonic, but. Um, how I do, the character? How sorry, sorry I want to say one quick thing. How amazing would it have been if that movie pivoted, and then we just learned the fate of all this food, and that's how the rest of the movie played out? Like Sonic is going to escape with Tom, and then the food flies off, and then what happens to the, the food? camera stays with the food? Yeah, and then we just watch what happens to the food for the rest of the movie. That's it. Yeah, this would have been high art. If it I would have. Oh my god! Ballsy. Ballsy. That, yeah, standing ovation. Sorry, I apologize Black and for white camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was just thinking about the main character who I initially thought I wouldn't like, and in many ways, kind of a subdued performance. Um, he plays Teddy on Westworld. But I'm trying to remember his real James, James Marsden. Yes. Um, he I thought was good as the character just because 
He had a kindness to him, which I think was important for anyone encountering Sonic. They had to be sort of open-hearted and kind, and he wasn't going to... His performance was not going to take the limelight from Ben Schwartz or Jim Carrey. So I felt like he was uh, sufficient in his role, and by the end, I was like, he's likable. James Marsden is the go-to unoffensive white guy. It's a buddy road movie, and one of the characters is... The hedgehog. Is is a silent (laughs) protagonist. Yeah. It's I wouldn't go that far, but I get what you're saying. No, so I think that's, that's, what that's what they're trying for. They're trying for like a buddy road trip movie. Yeah. And it doesn't happen because one of the characters is like has got nothing going on. Well, because his entire character is him being like, This is pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. But I I don't know, his character to me was also helping like helping like his plot his main thread, of course, was leaving town because he wanted to feel important and Sonic helped him feel his purpose there. Like Sonic looked at his town in the beginning was like, dude, your town is awesome. Like you get to protect these people every day. And he was like, I'm bored out of my mind, dude. Like, sure. I go home and I'm handsome and I got my hot wife and everything, but I want to do something else. Yeah. I was going to get to that point at the end when we got to the end and the moral of the story, which again, oddly enough, his buddy's character arc is resolving Sonic's issues, not his, <laughs> um, well, both kind of. You know? I find the movie is better if you pretend James Marsden never stops playing Cyclops. Hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. I think what have made it's this strange. movie better. It's, it's even a strange <laughs> oh, thing oh, that gosh. the the moral he's the supposed to be there. learning there about staying, staying. You know, oh, you you got a home, protect it, stay there, don't. And it, the whole reason they're on this road trip is because, Sonic, because Sonic was about to leave his home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes perfect sense. But but wasn't Sonic forced out of his home, though? Like, he didn't want to leave his home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if a kid has attacked James Marston, I'm sure Sonic would tell him it's okay to leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, it's a little cliche, but I thought it was interesting to... It was fine. It was fine. What a great takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree that it was fine. But I think what would have made... Put that quote on the back of the box. I think what would have made the buddy dynamic better is if um, during that scene where Dr. Robotnik catches up to him, which I'm about to talk about here in a minute, um, that while they're being attacked, that Sonic would have done something like, man, these attacks by Dr. Robotnik is endless. Just like the breadsticks there at Olive Garden. Let's go to Olive Garden after this. And then they had a scene where they were eating afterwards. That would have been... That would have tied it all together. Mm -hmm. Unlimited robots. That reminds me of unlimited breadsticks now at Olive Garden. And he just stares at the camera. (laughs) I would have fucking loved that. Just like a five-second stare. Just smiling in the camera. Mm -hmm. The saddest thing about that Olive Garden reference is that in a lot of medium-sized towns or small-sized towns like mine... There's no Olive Garden, so all the kids have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. It's not like four children who've never been to Olive Garden. Can you imagine? I know, that's like your dream, a, Rich. They're not yeah, a terrible, some terrible celebrity problem. shows up with a very shaky camera for some reason. They they got the celebrity there, but they couldn't hire a competent cameraman to shakily take a picture of them showing you a sad child who's never seen an Olive Garden. Well, and ask you for your help. In the, the arms the of an angel. <laughs> the, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Morgan. The, breads, the breadsticks at Billy's house are limited. 
the uh the theory um is that they got Olive Garden involved for the funding because they had to go back and redo all that CGI for Sonic, uh, so they needed okay. more money. And Olive, it, for whatever naturally, reason, you go to Olive Garden. <laughs> I think the funny thing is, it could have just been like a crazy decision for Olive Garden to be like, "Hey, sure, a big movie." Like the guy had no idea how much of a train wreck it was, and it actually really worked out in Olive Garden's favor, probably because the movie was received positively and made a lot of money. And now a lot of people are talking about Olive Garden, so it, maybe it was a happy accident. Who knows? Why wouldn't they go to fast food franchise? Sonic drive through Ah, uh, right. And make a promotional chili dog. It's too much. Oh, uh, too, it's too good. It's too much. It's, a, yeah, it's too much awesome in one. It's too on the nose, as you would say, Rich. It's, true. it's too on the nose. You know, Sonic, yeah, and Sonic. I like to imagine yeah. they went to Sonic drive through and they were like, we're not fucking sellouts. Yeah. Well, no, they, they went like, they there were too and good like, for we it. We want to partner with you, but, but only, only at the checkers variety. Like not mm. not the Sonic ones, only the ones <laughs> to that be aren't. Fair, ex- yes, yes. Check Checkers is better, right? Is it and it's the more, same restaurant? Said, no, it's no, it'd no. Be oh, too so you got it mixed up. Sonic Sonic is different. You're thinking of Checkers rallies. Checkers and rallies uh, are, are the they, same. They're thing. all the same thing. No, it's it's all the Checkers, same crap. Checkers has that good, those good seasoned fries. Jesus Christ, they, they've all got that. <laughs> No, no, Sonic doesn't have that because it's a different restaurant. Okay, sure. Morgan, you said that would be too on the nose, and I would agree because, uh, yeah, we, like, yeah. It'd just be too on the nose, much like uh, the marinara sauce when you dip your breadsticks in at uh, Olive Garden. <laughs> what? We're brought to you by Olive Garden. What? what? Wait, what is that? <laughs> uh, All right. Robotnik does some testing on the quill and finds out that it acts as a power source for his robots. This compels him to capture Sonic at all costs. While tracking them down, Tom reveals to Sonic that he plans to leave Green Hills for San Francisco, upsetting Sonic. After another fight with Robotnik, Sonic is injured and rendered unconscious. Tom speeds to San Francisco to reunite with Maddie, where she tends to him and helps him. Tom brings Maddie up to speed about the situation at hand. Maddie's niece looks at Sonic's worn-down sneakers and gifts Sonic a new pair of red running shoes. Despite the fact that this movie feels disjointed in, in pace and plot at various points, I think that one of the strong points of this movie is that it has these albeit expected heartfelt scenes such as the turtle scene that morgan was talking about earlier sonic's bucket list and the shoe giving scene were these moments poignant or just another cliche in a children's movie morgan you know i hate to admit it but a lot of those things did work for me like i described this movie as being like half kind of surprisingly artistic and like half airbud quality family film nonsense um that we joked about that before but yeah i mean a lot of the the small stuff enough small stuff work the turtle the quill uh the general kindness towards sonic the performance from sonic like all that stuff like you were saying worked even there's even a scene you were kind of glossing over but where um jim carrey has like this it's like a weirdly specifically cool scene where he just dances in his rv he puts on a music he puts on a song and just dances in his he has a little rv dance um a villain dance and i was like what the this is weird, um, but yeah. like, I like that. I, 
I like that stuff, you know? It was quirky and it fit it fit the mood of the movie, for sure. Yeah. I actually honestly had forgotten about that until you just mentioned it, but yeah, I enjoyed that scene somewhat. Yeah, just subtle things like that. Like, let's just have Jim Carrey dance for five minutes to a song like a supervillain because he's so fucking jazzed about doing this work on this quill. Like, that stuff is weird and quirky and unique, and I think it works. Yeah. And there was enough yeah. of that to push me over. So. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Rich, how did you feel about the uh, the heartfelt scenes in the movie? I One of these scenes in particular, the one with the shoes will stand out to me until the end of time and then not and not because of the movie itself because of my theater going experience now uh i know shay is aware of this because when we recorded the cats chomping after dark i went immediately to see sonic the hedgehog uh at like one o'clock in the morning after that um so my theater was mostly grown drunk adults and when they cut to to reveal the shoes, a grown-ass man directly behind me goes, Oh, damn, here we go! <laughs> that is amazing. Well, I mean, he's right. That was Here we go. That's when it all started, man. Got the shoes. I missed some of that, but I'm assuming that That's... somebody got really excited about him getting the shoes. <laughs> Hell yeah! He got the red running shoes. He got his Dude, even my daughter turned to me and she was like, Sonic shoes. Like, it's, that shit for kids was gold, you know? It was good. There's lore now. There's lore for how Sonic got his shoes. That's amazing. <laughs> Look at Josh just we, shaking. We needed that lore, apparently. <laughs> um, Josh, how did you feel about those heartfelt scenes? Did it do anything for you, or were you, was it just another waste of time for you to finish this godforsaken movie? Um, they almost almost worked I feel like again so much of it was skipped over that you just you didn't really feel much connection with anybody going on the whole I was so baffled when they finally showed up at his sister-in-law's house like why why is she in San Francisco? Why was that not mentioned before? Um they just, what? It kind of it takes an awful lot away from hey, stay stay in bumfuck Montana uh because it's important that you stay there. He's got family in San Francisco. Why why wouldn't he go there and do a job to be by fa- like there's anyway. It was <sighs> Well, didn't she hate him though? She didn't like him he was on a terrorist watch list when they show up. Right. No, I'm just saying, you're talking about the, I I just thought that she did not like him at all. So even well, before that, because he was a terrorist. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's hard to say. Cause again, she's not given any screen time. So you don't yes. get a lot of context for uh, him. Yes, that's fair. But yeah, yeah exactly. it's like they show up there, you know, to see your, you know, sister-in-law and, wife there that is never mentioned never mentioned to that point until all of a sudden they're at the they're just they're at the house right. um and so i was with was, their roommate shadow the hedgehog yeah i was it was kind of just some whiplash there but i yeah the the daughter was still it was cute having her give sonic some shoes because he had these old ratty shoes so the, it, that worked it was just the framing around it was so bizarre that I was still it's trying weird, to catch yeah. up. Like, yeah. what is, what the fuck is happening right now? Um, Tonal whiplash. Yeah. 
Agreed. So, yeah, 100% agreed I, yeah, on that. I think, yeah, that part, it worked in isolation, but, like, everything else around it was strange, so. Agreed. 100% agreed. Like, they had, and I think that's kind of one of the big takeaways for me from this movie, which is why I asked this question. It has a lot of really cute and poignant moments, but it's littered with constant whiplash or um, different tonal shifts constantly like i i know josh we were joking around about this as i was watching it um i was messaging you guys i was like oh that turtle scene is amazing and you're like yeah uh it's because they put queen in there and that got you and i was like ah maybe maybe but like it, it tricked you into thinking it was good because <laughs> there's yeah. a queen song playing the turtle was smiling and it was going fast i i <laughs> love so that cute. scene and i hate queen so there's something to it yeah exactly see I'm sorry, I was just really thrown by the I hate Queen statement. <laughs> oh, have you not? No, this is a thing with Morgan. He's somehow confused into not liking Queen. It's, just, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, I, I don't have time to unpack all of that tonight. I gotta go to work in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, not enough time in the day to do that. But Yeah, no, not not now. You're gonna need to drink heavily to really I'm just saying this. it was cute. You don't have to like Queen to like this scene, that's all. Okay. That's, but it probably helps if you did. Yeah, yeah, it, def- it definitely helped me. But like, I still think that the, this mo- movie has some really cute scenes, and I just wish that if that was kind of what they were going for, that the whole movie rode that kind of tone. Tone, you know, where it was cute and it was fun. Um, not to say it wasn't either of those things. I just wish it rode that tone consistently, which I don't feel like it did. But it doesn't detract from those scenes. All right, so the group arrives at the tall building where Sonic lost his rings. He retrieves them, but they're ambushed by Robotnik in a hovercraft. Sonic uses one of his rings to send Tom and Maddie back to Green Hills. Sonic flees Robotnik through San Francisco, but Robotnik uses Sonic's quill to match his speed. Sonic uses some of his rings to evade Robotnik, but ultimately returns to Green Hills. Robotnik incapacitates the Blue Hedgehog, but Tom finally intervenes, which allows Sonic to recover. Sonic defeats Robotnik and sends Robotnik through one of his rings to another planet, trapping him there. After the battle and tons of damage to this town that nobody seems to care about, Tom and Maddie decide to stay in Green Hills, allowing Sonic to live with them. The U.S. government scrubs any knowledge of the incident and Dr. Robotnik. And the government asks the townspeople of Green Hills to stay silent. Robotnik, in a closing scene, still has the quill and has lost his sanity. He begins to plot his revenge. In the final scene, we see a familiar twin-tailed fox emerge from a ring looking for Sonic. Morgan, give me the thumbs down. What's up? That last scene you're talking about, it's just... You don't don't like Tails? I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but it was... It even had this stupid voice, Where's Sonic? And I'm just like, oh no. I'm just like... (sighs) That's Miles Prower. Please Uh, laugh. (laughs) I just, I know all the kids in the theater were like, yay, tails and stuff, but that was the last thing I wanted to see. The the thing with Jim Carrey being stuck on the the 
that world was kind of cute because he had his crazy mustache yeah. and he looked more like Eggman. I liked that bit because he had this, like, you know, Wild West villain mustache the whole time. And yeah. then as he gets blown up, all that wax just gives him the great big, like, ball of fluff. He, he, he yep. was Eggman. Yes, he was. And I thought that was funny. Just, like, having him actually become the robot, Nick. Yes, that, yeah. Like, at that yeah. point. And that was, oddly enough, at that point, that was when the manic, over-the-top acting finally mat- matched the rest of the character, because he was actually insane, and the overacting at that point was just, like, really great. Yeah. It, like, and that's the, if that's that. the character... In a potential sequel, if that's mm-hmm. the character now, it'll just work better for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's more along the lines, because, like, yes, he's making all these robots, but he's also kind of insane. And, like, you were getting some of that, but it wasn't insane, like, completely off it, I've got to kill this hedgehog. It was like, but now he's completely I'm lost just his a mind. psychopath. Yeah, mm-hmm. now he's completely lost his mind. Yes. But there's nothing but mushrooms on that island, so I don't know what he's going to eat. Right. You know me, the fighting yeah, fruit circles. And we'll see. We'll see what, what what happens to him, what becomes of him, if they make a sequel. And it doesn't take another what, what, 25 years. Like the, Eggman, what did you guys become? like that final um, fight scene with Sonic where he's, like they showed like the reflection and Eggman pulled down his goggles and you could see Sonic in his reflection and he went, didn't go supersonic, whatever, but then he just bolted right into him and knocked him through the portal. Did you guys like that? I did. Yeah, was, yeah I thought it was cool that... They finally and definitively added to the canon that uh, Sonic is a Sith Lord. <laughs> he is the yeah. Sith no, Lord. he's going to serve under Jar Jar Binks as for the role of two. <laughs> That's right. He's number one to Jar Jar Binks. All right. Yeah. So I did, I did too. I thought that scene was one was aspect. Effective. Oh. Yeah, I liked it. I did like yeah. it though, Morgan. One aspect about this movie that we argued about in WhatsApp that bothered me was some plot inconsistencies. The most glaring one for me was when we witnessed Sonic in the bar scene when he activates his supersonic speed powers. The world slows to a crawl around him. That entire scene is set up to drive that point home when we see Robotnik and him fighting. But when we see him fighting Robotnik in San Francisco and he begins to flee through his rings, despite using his supersonic powers... There are people moving in real time in the France scene, which makes zero sense. And I feel like because of this extremely long development time, it led to some fractured scenes and allowed for some inconsistencies to develop continuity errors, so on and so forth. Um, We've talked about it pretty heavily already. I don't know if you guys have any remaining additional thoughts on it. It's just something that I wanted to mention that I noted um, that kind of pulled me out of the um, experience a little bit. It's cheaper to do that than to get the yeah. the other shots they need with, you know, actors actually stopped. So they did it that way. Also, there's no continuity issue there because half the time, half the time the scenes are following whoever's just standing there and he's just a blur as he goes by. And the other half the time it's following Sonic and everything is flying past him. It's like they would have had to switch back and forth constantly. There would be some true consistency. Yeah. And it just, it wouldn't have been worth it there since the whole point was just to show every, you know, 
every iconic location they could around the world as quickly as possible. Um, <coughs> maybe then that's just the whiplash effect that we've been talking about because like one scene you see like everything is frozen and then they're operating in that supersonic yeah. speed and then the next scene it's normal well, speed I mean, and they just whip yeah. back and forth. And maybe that's where I had the issue there and i don't know if that's due to editing i don't know if that's due to shot choice shot selection whatever it is uh it just it took me out of the experience i obviously um it's it's a a movie guess but yeah if i had to guess those were all extremely cgi intensive like spectacles there's basically two of them there's the bar fight and then there's the on the tower fight where time yeah, stops slow-mo. you can tell yeah. that was a big thing they added it late probably had nothing to do with the rest of the plot or anything the only thing it has to do with the plot at all is near the end of the tower fight scene showing that robotnik can use the same power because of that you know one quill that he took right um but it, other than that it has nothing to do with anything else going on in the movie and it seemed like well, it was added yeah. afterwards because I mean, even even in the bar scene, which happens right after the forty-five minute car chase that they took right out of bullet, um, he doesn't stop time when he's moving that fast during the beginning of that. Like it's yeah, there's right? like there's no consistency yeah. whatsoever. It's just oh, we it's think like this he will chooses look cool. When yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing I struggle with these movies because like my analytical part of my brain wants to take it seriously, but I also know that it's just stupid kids entertainment, and I don't know how seriously they're taking it. And like I just like, not. The, I feel like this scene in the bar is emblematic of everything. If nobody in the bar thought it was weird that there was a hedgehog sitting around in a cowboy hat, then I mean, it's, I don't know how to pick apart the other stuff, you know, because it's just goofy, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're you're probably right. It was probably all consistent. Yeah, it's it's a weird point for me to get hung up on. It just it just talking through my thoughts and feelings here that like it it's just what happened when I was watching it. So um we can move on though. This movie had tons of Easter eggs and callbacks to various points in the Sonic lore in the Sonic universe. Uh do you feel like there was enough here for fans new and old? Or do you guys feel like this movie preyed too heavily on nostalgia? Um, Josh, who has the least nostalgia for Sonic, I'm going to throw it to you first. I mean, I recognize the whole Green Hills thing, and that was about it. Like, the idea that there's... I know most of my Sonic lore through the cartoons, because the games have been trash since the second one. <gasps> so, like... Agreed. Any Any sort of callbacks <laughs> to that, I probably would have missed anyway. That's fair. That's fair. So there's an you feel like there's enough here for fans of the new movie if they are a fan. I mean, I think so. Like I I still again, it's hard to say because of that intro setting up something, some sort of big, you know, multi-dimensional or it's hard to I don't even know if it's multi-dimensional if they're just aliens, but anyway, like is that planet Mobius? Yeah, there's yeah, it's it's yeah, exactly. There's a uh, some big conflict here that we are not privy to whatsoever, and that seemed strange. Echidna so, owl murder. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I can understand. I I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. Like, if it had been a more cohesive, um, 
plot it probably would serve to be entertaining for you and you feel like that would be a level of entertainment other people would enjoy i mean i no like i think getting him to earth so they could do something on earth is probably the right call there if they wanted it to be i don't know there are tons of options here is the 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 issue um generally these things are entirely animated and you just get the big name voices to come in to entertain the adults by being voices uh it was strange they decided to make it live action and cg but given that i think this is probably the best permutation of that idea not the best but like they had to get him to earth they couldn't really do much with the other story to ha- it, it, it's just bizarre i think the if they wanted to <laughs> make it work better they could have had whatever that big existential threat was contact robotnik at some point during the first act to you know give him additional, form some sort of alliance yeah an alliance or something to kind of pull it back together i think that could have fixed an awful lot about the whole stakes feeling really strange and all over the place in the movie um, and non-existent yeah. to a degree yeah that's fair that's fair I, but, I i can i can see some of what you're saying i can agree with some of it morgan what what do you think do you think that there's enough here for new fans or do you feel like this is kind of like a nostalgic cash grab they no it seemed like they nailed the most important thing which was sonic himself uh with the look fix and then ben schwartz i mean it's not a yeah. character piece by any means but when i look at films that are named after a person like this is so and so you know um I almost said Lincoln, like I was comparing Sonic to Lincoln or like any sort of character piece film, which it's not. This that, really but... is this generation. No, it'd, it'd be yeah, yeah, sort of Lincoln, but more more <laughs> Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I forgot that was a thing. Oh my god, the, the book is better than the movie. <laughs> not a uh, joke. I read that book. <laughs> what the Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter? Yeah, and it's and it's sequel, The Last American Vampire. Um, that's, that's actually amazing, but no, I, (laughs) I think that they nailed Sonic and that was the most important thing. And Ben Schwartz did uh, a really charming job. And the, my biggest bummer was that it made me realize you could do like a really, like if the people who made Ori were like, Hey, let's make Sonic or something. Cause they, they play this like somber version of the, uh, the the em- what is it the Green Hills Zone theme or the Emerald Hills yes. theme whatever it is yeah it's Green Hills Zone when they're packing theme. the boxes it's like a piano version of that that song and you know it if you're a Sonic fan and you're like oh my god you could make like an emotional Sonic game or something if you actually had the the talent to do it so I w- I think there could have been a lot more I don't think there was very uh, that much nostalgia actually um like but yeah. I but they nailed the stuff that matters and I'll just leave it at that yeah I. Okay. Yeah, I'll reflect on that in a minute. I want to throw it to Rich first before I do. But I I largely agree with what you're saying, Morgan. Rich, what about you? Uh, Yeah, I don't have too much more to add. I mean, I I think there's enough to plant the seeds of uh, intrigue. Like, it more so feels like this film is almost like a proof of concept of like, hey, we could make this kind of work. Uh and all you really need at that point is like you know there's the easter eggs and hints of nostalgia 
but I also feel like the character of Sonic the Hedgehog is recognizable enough, whether you play video games or not, that you can kind of bank on that at this point. Right. Right. And I think that's fair. Um, I, yeah, to, uh, to make, to expand upon a point that Morgan made, I think that there are enough Easter eggs in here and it's not overwhelming, which I'm super thankful for. Like that green Hills um, zone theme. Like it took me a few seconds to get what, that song was because i was like i recognize oh that's the green hills zone theme and i like that a lot of those easter eggs weren't in your face um because and they were there there weren't numerous like they weren't relying so heavily on people who had played the games before or watched the cartoons to come they wanted to offer a little bit for those people but also offer um, what they could for new fans to bring new people in. And I think that um, there is enough there for people old and new. I hope that if they do make a sequel, that it stays with one um, with one company and they're able to develop it and it becomes a much more actualized project. Because I, the, like Josh said from the beginning, like the intro has a lot of intrigue there and it has a lot of interesting concepts and they could have went so many different ways. And I think that's what they ended up doing going so many different ways, but they did it all in one movie and it just, it made it difficult to get to the end and be like, okay, what if there's any kind of didactic moment here, which there always is in a children's movie, what is it? And it's hard to parse that out um, from when you look at the beginning to when you get to the end. So I just hope if they release another movie that there's a little bit more there, but I think this movie was good and it had those moments to make it worthwhile to try and do another one. Josh's face. I mean, it's a, I, I, I think I agree with both of you. I agree with Josh. It's a Frankenstein, but I also agree with Shay that I think it was, it ended up being good. I think there are ha- ha- I think there are beautiful disasters and I think, that because the Sonic character was played so well by Ben Swartz, and they, you know, that was the heart of the movie. But you know, um, this I don't know if this will blow your guys' mind as much as it did mine. But I was really, you know, how this movie ended up being like a a really cool surprise. It ended up being like the number, the highest grossing opening weekend for a video game movie ever. Yeah. Um, kind of shocked everyone, right? Good story, funny story. They delayed it. If this film had come out a month later. It would have been a disaster because the coronavirus would have probably prevented it from even being released. And I saw this film, I think, like two weeks before shit started going south. It was February. It was released on Valentine's Day, right? Mm -hmm. I saw it two weeks later. I mean, they just barely missed. Like, who knows how this would have been received if it had to go straight to video or delayed even further. Yeah, I don't think you were there. I was talking to Shay about... Because you're a big numbers guy, I thought you'd appreciate this about box office figures. Uh, and I, I need to I need to find the exact date, but it was shortly after all of this started happening. I think it was like the week of the twentieth or something like that, mm-hmm. where the domestic receipts were five thousand dollars for the entire country. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It, that's literally down 100%. Like, that's, yeah. That's like literally people being afraid to step. And think, yeah. If you think at a movie theater, that's, 
the epitome of where you're going to get sick. But but and then on the flip side, they're actually releasing Sonic the Video now. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're capitalizing on this this Corona thing, but because they're able to release it's it straight to video, not really capitalizing. It's like they got to make money somewhere. It's the only, it's the only way. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's not not a negative. I just yeah. mean that they're getting a nice second wind because of it, and they almost they almost ran right into it in a disastrous way. So I'm oh. thankful that they did. All I remember now is associating Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, with this situation, and it was because the morning we started going into quarantines and stuff, um, there was an Onion article that I believe, like, the the headline for the article was, like, uh, in wake of theater shutdowns, patrons rush to movies before they're closed on Monday evening, and the excerpt was... You don't realize how important it is to see Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters until someone tries to take it from you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. I love Onion. The Onion. So good. Goodness. That's... (laughs) Tom on Nagy. They have layers. Like ogres. Mm. (laughs) Well, that really depends on how you make it. You know what else has onions? Uh, That pasta that you can order at Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family. Thank you, Rich. I was hoping you'd pick that up for me. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. So this is the last thing we're going to talk about, and then we will wrap this bad boy up. 20-plus years of development. Millions of dollars for reworking. And an awkward release considering the current world events. Having survived all of these troubles. With a one or two sentence summary, do you feel that this movie is worth watching? Morgan. I grew up with Sonic and throughout my life, even like I told you guys, getting stoned out of my mind, replaying those games as a young adult, and then appreciating the new Sonic games like Sonic Mania uh, as hopefully some sort of a analyst, if you will. Um the most important thing for me was the most surreal thing for me was like watching this with my kid and being like, man, I was like six years old playing with Sonic. And now my six year old daughter is like watching this movie with me, whether the movie's great or not. I've expressed those opinions already, but it was a very surreal and cool experience. So for that, being able to watch it with my daughter and having an enjoyable time, it was absolutely worth it. Cool. Cool. I thought you were going to go for like a five minute spiel there because I was like one or two minute sentences. But you know what? That was perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah. All right. You, you know, the oh, you good. know, the cartoons are on Netflix, so you could watch some. I'd do that halfway competently made Sonic with your kid. Instead. If I can't eat if I can't eat $12 popcorn and risk uh, strange diseases in a public setting, it's not the same. <laughs> Plays a stance on condoms. Yeah, it does make sense. Uh, I say, sure. The hell else you got to do anyway? You can't even leave your fucking house. Um, but no, like, if you have some nostalgia for Sonic and you're curious, it's not the worst way to spend an afternoon. Um, and if you have kids, it's 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 fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, drink a lot. Thank you, Rich. Make a strong cocktail. Very strong. All right, Josh. No, for the love of God, no. This is a train wreck. The plot makes no attempts to be coherent. 
like I said before, every scene just goes into the next with no warning, with no cause for the next thing to happen. It just occurs. It's it's baffling. It's it it's not good. It's a it is a terrible film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I pay to see the room in theaters every year, so it's fair. It's fair. It's well, it's a terrible film, but it's not even enter- it's not bad enough to be entertaining like, because of that. Yeah, it's just poorly made. Like some of the train wrecks, you're like, wow, every decision was made the opposite of correct, and it's not that. It's just it wasn't thought out well enough, or or if at some point it was, somebody overruled them. Um. Would you at least agree that the performance of Ben Schwartz as Sonic was great? He, yeah, he, he did a good job with Sonic. I think if anything holds up there, seeing Sonic react to the stuff going on through his his take of it was was that was good. I think he did a good job with that. I'd expect nothing less from BB-8. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Thank you, Josh, for that uh, glowing endorsement. Um, <laughs> I feel like Josh was holding that back for the whole past hour and twenty minutes. He's been he's been waiting. He's been waiting, and he's you know what? He's been patient. He sat here an hour and a half almost talking about a movie he doesn't like. He earned it. He deserves to have that <laughs> rant, and we will let him. He did. He did. He he was very objective about his insights. Most Josh, much. if you could have watched it with your kid, you might have hated it less. Let's just, I'll just say that. Maybe, but I enjoy watching just the Sonic cartoons with my kids, because those are still kind of fun. And, like, yeah, my kids like watching those on Netflix. Like, I was saying with you, I kind of feel like I get that same feeling. Like, oh, we can we can still kind of enjoy this thing together. Um, and I just didn't feel like I needed this movie to get that. So That's fair. That's fair. Totally. I think that's kind of like how not to get on the path, just like that's where the times have changed. Like 20 years ago, this movie would have made a lot more sense because we didn't have like a place to just instantly access those Sonic cartoons, you know, but now that we do, some people like are going to feel like you where it's like, Oh, I can just go watch the cartoons, which I like more. So, but um, to make it real quick. Yeah. I absolutely recommend this movie. It's fun. Uh, it's, if you're going in to expect an amazing movie, you're going to be in for a bad time. But I think Jim Carrey's, Ben Schwartz's, and James Marsden's performances were all awesome um, for the various reasons that they were cast. I thought they were cast well, and I enjoyed all their performances. Uh, if you like Jim Carrey, good performance, uh, his usual shtick. And if that's something you like, you're going to like this. I think there's something in here for almost everyone. Um, and I think that if you have the chance to watch it, you should. Shout out to the supporting role for the turtle. That's a, yeah. yes. a sleeper performance of the year, I think. Yeah. He's not going to even get emanate or emanated, nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> emanated. He's going to get emancipated. <laughs> he's going to get emanated. No, he's not going to get nominated for an Emmy, but you know what? I feel like he deserves it. God damn it. And, um, and real quick, a big shout out to Olive Garden. Olive Garden, mm. when you're here, you're family. That's right. One of the weirdest endorsements in a movie I've seen in quite some time. So we'll see if it if they make this a somehow sequel. Somehow made less sense than all the Duracell batteries in Alan Wake. 
<laughs> do you think that Olive Gardens had like Sonic promotional stuff in their stores? Because I can't imagine an Olive Garden with Sonic stuff in around it. You I've know? never seen them put promotional stuff in any th- in any of the yeah, stores. Yeah, I just so. wonder. Like maybe in their kids' That's menu, true. if if they put do it somewhere, think... I could see it in their kids' menu. Do you think Olive Garden was mad that they couldn't get Mario, an Italian? <laughs> you'd think you'd think that would have been their first choice, and this would be burning some major bridges and so- getting that so- at some point. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog was their safety. Yeah. They did have an ad, actually. Check this out real quick. I don't know if you guys can read that, but it says, Eat Olive Garden or suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got one of those in the mail. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god someone made this <laughs> Olive Garden uh, I want to see a, like a, a TV commercial with Sonic being like eat Olive Garden or suck my dick and then just speeds up <laughs> but no the, actually yeah chili dogs you should and then there's this Olive Garden Zone 1 that's great yeah maybe I'll use that instead it's less offensive yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. um, no, there, there like were the no, other one. Unfortunately, no ads. <laughs> we even weirder, <laughs> even weirder. You're gonna do well, the yeah. thing and not have a single. I'll show you guys memes like. Uh, all right, I'm shutting it now. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I this movie is crazy and quirky. Um, it has that same chaotic energy that Cats did, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed. Oh great. no! Don't say that. Uh, you're not allowed to comment on cats you know i think had sonic been gyrating and just air humping everything licking his own pussy just like in cats it it might have worked it might it might have worked for me (laughs) well like we said at the beginning josh and i think this is the perfect way to wrap up the show sonic is a jellical cat Mm -hmm. and a jellical cat is a jellical cat. That's true. I've heard that before. Yes. So um, that's going to wrap up this show. I want to thank uh, Morgan and Rich and Josh. Thank you guys for being here. Um, I want to thank Paramount Pictures for picking up Sonic and making a movie that I enjoyed. And I want to also thank Olive Garden. Where, Rich? Olive Garden. When you're here your family thank you very much all right that's gonna do it thank you guys so much uh shout out to cameron diaz and take care Love a good Chloe.